Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. (laughs) President Zelensky had to commit to an investigation of Biden's before the aid got released, and the aid got released and he didn't commit to an investigation. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty, Getty, Getty. That leather. Live from Studio C. Dave's in here. A dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Everything else. Is it Thursday already? Tis. Wow, awesome. Little Friday is upon us. Are you going to party? I'm going to party. Very exciting. Trying to keep track of the days as Tuesday, no, no, tomorrow, my uh, third grader has a major paper due. Oh, a boy. Project. A project that includes a paper and pictures and all putting it together and everything like that. Big, biggest of his life. Multimedia. Yeah, biggest of his life. And he's been working on it for weeks and stress and and all that sort of stuff that I remember as a kid. And he's way ahead of it than I ever was. He actually got his done uh, two days ago, thanks to his parents pushing him along. But I never got anything done early in my life. Some of his friends are still scrambling. You know you know how it is. You wait till the last second, and then the printer's out of ink. Yeah. Or whatever happens. And then that's what happened. How could I get it in time? The printer was out of ink. It's uh, just a nightmare. Oh, and then, yes, I had a big math test yesterday. So my whole week has been divvied up among those things, as opposed to whatever news is going on in Washington, D.C. Mm. Um, appreciate you joining us today. We have much for you. I can't wait till the first numbers finally come out on uh, how many people watched and how much. I always, I'm always interested in that of impeachment yesterday. How many millions tuned in for how long? Well, it was available a lot of different places, right? So It'll be hard to add. You'd have to cobble together a lot of little numbers. Yeah. Well, it was not much ado, and it wasn't about nothing. It was some ado about little. <laughs> Sorry, Shakespeare. We'll uh, have some our impressions. Some do about little. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll have our, our, our summaries, our reviews, our uh, our uh, assessment of the impact as the show goes on. You know, another example of why, uh, why I should ignore anything I ever hear on cable news. Just example 1,806. Um, when I heard people on... Tuesday saying this has been carefully crafted by the Democrats for maximum impact in the first hour. The first hour is going to be bombshell after bombshell yes. because they know most people are only going to watch the first hour. And that was it was anything but that. Yeah, I remember you <laughs> you soiled our air with that very assertion having heard it. Well, it was a reporter who had inside sources, and right? They've carefully crafted them. Well, okay, whatever. Clearly, that was not the case. Yeah, well. You need better inside sources. I always wonder on all these things, do reporters ever go back to their sources and say, hey, dude, that big uh, the big scoop you gave me turned out to be nothing or a lie or the, the person involved just came out and said that never happened. Or, Well, what look, let's assess it. Let's break it down. His source said, oh, yeah, we're going to craft it to be a boffo, boffo opening. First hour, incredibly impactful. Well, they're bad at it. They're bad at their jobs. It's like going to see, you know, a 
Junior high play. Oh, Dad, the first scene's amazing. It's okay. <laughs> so the so that was the attempt, is what you're saying, right? It might have been the attempt. Exactly. There's no reason to think they that. were they were truthful. They're just terrible at it. Did you see my tweet of a squirrel carcass? I'll have to talk about that later. I, I did see that. I did not delve into it. Yeah, I'll have to talk about that later. Uh, the only impression I got from that was that, uh, given the number of squirrels you see running around, why don't you see a lot more squirrel carcasses? A fully intact... I mean, you see them scorched on the street. A fully intact squirrel skeleton my kids found. Right! Do you suspect yeah. foul play? <laughs> I mean, what, seriously now. There are thousands of squirrels within a, a mile of my house. Thousands. I don't know. Picked apart by birds? or what? I don't know what happens. Somebody eat the bones? They obviously die at some point. All right. Know. I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad before we get into the uh, rest of the day. Uh, to kick off the show, there's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing great. Um, today I do the um, tough task of cake testing for my wedding. Ah, yes. Oh, the wow. Cake. The, yeah, and my uh, fiance, she says, you do all the cake testing, I'm not going to eat any of it. So That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah so I just got to go from... You know, I would really take my time making that decision. I think I need to eat a little more. I'm not yep. quite sure yet. Oh, I was thinking of you, Jack. <laughs> It'd be like if you had to taste apple pie, you yeah. know, or you were Picked a judge right in the one. contest. That's just, uh, I don't know. They all, there's a similarity. Let me try it again. Yeah, my weight this morning was, well, it was good news if I was a state fair hog and the little kid who raised me was trying to win a ribbon. I didn't, <laughs> really, really good news. I didn't mention my awful eating the other day in which I had, I can't, I hate to even say this out loud because it, it's, go just, ahead. it's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. For lunch, I had Walmart fried chicken from their deli thing. In That's my a car. Hell of a lunch, man. And Ooh. then I swung through the convenience store and got a convenience store cinnamon roll. Oh, wow. That's a good chaser. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's that's the sort of thing you need to just take a look at yourself and figure out what's going on there. That's it's like a 425-pound truck driver right there, man. That's good stuff. Walmart fried chicken I ate in the car. All of this was consumed in your car? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. All car eating. Wow. I don't know why, wow. but that makes it worse. Was, it does make it worse. It absolutely makes it worse. That's aggressive, man. You've given up. It does. It's got the sound of somebody who's given up. It's just I was really busy and running around and starving. Were you and, in uh, sweatpants and Crocs at this point? <laughs> I should have bought some Crocs at the Walmart to eat the chicken in. My feet are too wide for regular shoes. I can't put on my own socks. Oh, boy. Because I eat Walmart fried chicken and cinnamon rolls from the freaking Circle Eight, which sucked, by the way. It tasted awful. But oh, I, did I eat what? the whole thing? Convenience oh, store food isn't good. Yeah, you I, would, can, yeah, really. I can't believe how bad this is. Oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, apparently, I have been reassigned to the cocaine desk, as I told you yesterday about the the. I believe it was the Italian, uh, no, the French beach where. Uh, Cocaine was just washing ashore. People, they had to close it down because people were just finding bricks of it. Bricks of pure cocaine washing up on the beach in France. Hello. So we have another uh, related but not directly. Uh, this one uh, involving wild boars causing a lot of damage. Uh, they apparently stumbled across a stash of cocaine that was buried in an Italian forest, dug it up and destroyed it all or quote, destroyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, police learned of the incident when they were wiretapping for a, in a, a related crime, but not tied to that. And then they, so they heard the criminals complain about these dang hogs getting into our coke stash. Four suspects have been arrested, but nobody knows what happens to the boars after their discovery. But I'm looking, I'm here to tell you, they bought a boat and they started a business. Yeah. 
high hogs. I'd be better off with a Coke habit than the way I eat. I think. I think long term. <laughs> may, may the rest of your week be empty of wild, coked-up hogs. <laughs> uh, there's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? Well, speaking of eating, you know, I was asked to come up with an entree for a Thanksgiving family gathering. Well, I am going to be doing better than that. I am springing for the whole dealio. I'm going with spiral-cut ham, fresh-made green bean casserole, mashed potatoes and gravy biscuits, and what I am told will be a decadent cheesecake sampler. Well, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, you get the big box, you just take it home, heat it up, and bam, you got Instant your meal. Instant Thanksgiving. Indeed. That sounds delicious. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, November 14th. We're getting close to Thanksgiving. The year 2019, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I can see somebody flipping around the radio dial, falling on this show, and thinking, what is this, a cooking show? It's all about food. <laughs> Thanksgiving's two, about thurs- two Thursdays from now, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Mm, that's getting close. Yes, yes. All right, let's begin then, officially now, according to FCC rules and regs, at Mark. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmouk on September 1st, 2019, in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. We got six people having four conversations in one sentence. Yeah, Jim Jordan was worth the money yesterday for the Republicans. They, 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 would, have been, they, they would have had a rough day if they hadn't brought him in. Uh, to the A-team. he uh, He's good at what he does. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Impeachment maneuvering, ramping up even more. We'll have the latest on that. And just what we need, another Democrats jumping into the race for the White House, and Costco is crying foul, issuing a nationwide warning for its customers. Coming up. Awesome. And we got mailbag on the way. Do people, uh, do people want to talk about impeachment or not in the mailbag? Uh, some. Some. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, also, I've prepared a 45 to 50 minute profile of Deval Patrick. I'm looking oh, forward geez. to to giving that to you. It goes back to his childhood. Yeah. Freaking Northeastern. Deval Patrick was a shy boy. Freaking Northeastern <laughs> media bias because he's from Massachusetts. If he was from Ohio, he'd get the same attention Tim Ryan got by running for president. But because he's from the Northeast. The media goes crazy. His passions included yo-yo and playing at the park. (laughs) All on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We will not be wearing you out with the impeachment thing, but if you didn't get a chance to listen to the six hours of hearings, we'll uh, summarize them for you, play you a couple clips, and um, tell you what we think. Then you can go think whatever you want to think. Who are we to tell you what to think? Two columns in the Washington Post today. One is College Worth It Anymore, a new study on uh, the costs and benefits and what you get out of it. And then an opinion piece by George Will, Higher Education Has Become a Net Net Subtraction. I'm glad the question's being answered or asked finally. Yeah. At least being asked. Right. More on that later. Yeah, I tell you what needs to be studied at the university level. Universities. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Mailbag. And, and we need to say, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or at least recognize how sideways it's gone. 
freedom-loving quote of the day today, sent along by Michael Winston Churchill, said this, If you have 10,000 regulations, you destroy all respect for the law. What if you have a million, Winston, or a couple million? No kidding. No kidding. How's your utopia coming along with your millions of laws and regulations? You got your perfect society yet? People uh, happy with their lives? Uh, prosperity? Uh, awesome. I know that's true in my own mind. As, oh, yeah. uh, as as the world is so much different than it was years ago, I violate things willingly. And it has made me less respectful overall for laws. I would agree completely. I pick and choose which ones I think I need to uh, obey. Because think, there's a bunch of stupid ones. And I think we all understand that intuitively, whether at work or, or in a relationship or school or whatever, if people say, listen, we need to do this around here and we really can't be doing that, um, and then they trust you to some extent, well, you, you feel like I need to respect that. But if it's a constant moment-by-moment pickiness, you just end up despising it. And a lot of them are stupid. Right. Everybody thinks they're stupid. Misplaced. They're just there because somebody wrote them someday, and, and they've endured. Plus, we're having uh, Richard Nixon, uh, freedom-loving quotes of the day, in honor of the impeachment <laughs> right. hearings that are not impeachment hearings. They're just hearings. you got to keep this going, because Richard Nixon's got a, uh, you know... A, a trove of uh, quotes. So. Yeah. I would say if you have the dime store view of Richard M. Nixon, you're cheating yourself because he is a fascinating, was a fascinating human being. I mean, really complicated, enormous gifts, iron character, and terrible flaws. He's a Shakespearean uh, character. One of my favorite books I've ever read about presidents is Chris Matthews' book, Nixon and Kennedy about how they came out of the war together and came into Congress together and were senators together and then ran against each other in 1960, and it's kind of a profile of both of them. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forgive Chris Matthews for certain ugly incidents on this radio show, but go ahead. You read his tripe if you like. Uh, No, I've heard that's very, very good. Richard M. Nixon, freedom-loving quote of the day. Listen to this, would you? We cannot learn from one another until we stop shouting at one another until we speak quietly enough so that our words can be heard as well as our voices. It's more a wisdom-loving quote of the day, isn't it? Did the, I, well, Maybe we should ask Marshall. We'll ask Marshall later, because he lived through it. Did the Nixon impeachment feel like this, or was... I mean, my perception of it, having learned about it as a historical thing, since I you know, wasn't around as an adult to follow it, mm-hmm. is it was just a big deal that gripped the nation. Because this impeachment, it just it feels like nothing to me. It just feels like another news story. Right. Well, the one thing about the Nixon thing, and you know this, is that it unfolded very, very slowly. And there were there were headlines in the, the WAPO, for instance, but nobody paid that much attention to it. Just the evidence mounted up bit by bit by bit. Uh, Dave writes, my grandkids are here today. I had to watch SpongeBob wet pants. Adam Schiff has SpongeBob eyes. He Well, he got them realtor eyes. He got them. You know, it's funny. She got them. Yeah, oh yeah, he got him too. Uh, he reminds me more of Squidward than than anything with his his long thin neck, thinnest neck I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, let's see. Alan writes, "WTF? Who's supposed to be running the effing country while this impeachment process is taking place?" Let's again. It's not an impeachment process. It's just a process. Let's see. Uh, wait a second. Where do what did, what did I do with that? There it is. Uh, Michael, if you'd be so kind, the the beautiful, the ancient, the gentle uh, Japanese art of the haiku. We've gotten oh. away from this for a while. It's good to have them back. An impeachment haiku by Tim. It's probably why Japanese people don't have kids. Don't have sex. 
The haiku has taken their sexual urges out of them. It's ruined them. Impeachment. Oh, Jack, of course, as you know, it's the five syllables, then the seven, then the five. Yeah, it's the limitations that turns the poet free. A child could have come up with that stupid idea. Impeachment hearings. Bloviating Democrats. Angry R's rebut. Mm. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so meaningful. All right, turn it off. Mike in Phoenix writes, When Bernie and his supporters start talking ass about millionaires and billionaires, his crowd should start chanting, You earned it, but we deserve it. You earned it, but we deserve it. <laughs> I'm not sure they'd like to put it that uh, that plainly. How about uh, David in uh, Valley Joe, California? Some pronounce it Vallejo. Um, catching up uh, on the show, heard you mention how... Um, oh, 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 he said, a, long story short, we brought up Ben Sass saying the Supreme Court has become a substitute political mm. battleground mm-hmm. because Congress doesn't do anything. Uh, over a year later, it's still one of my favorite moments. I occasionally return to re-watch it. We ought to find that tape and, and play it, you know, uh, maybe now during the impeachment thing. Uh, it just... Congress is at its low ebb as an institution. It should be ashamed of itself. It should be impeaching itself. Marshall's got the news, and we'll try to get caught up on things that are going on with uh, impeachment and Turkey and China and, uh, and everything else. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Staggering number of people signed up for Disney Plus on day one. I still haven't bought stock because I'm an idiot. Too late. Sell. Um, they were expecting a ton and it got a ton plus. Uh, but some shows not on there as a surprise to many people who've signed up for politically correct reasons. The oh shows boy. are not available. Oh, boy. Uh, we'll get into that coming up a little bit later. Right now, news with Marsha Phillips. Uh, yet another twist. Some Republican senators are reportedly considering staging a long impeachment trial in January to interfere with the Democratic presidential race. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I guess I'm a dope. We had been discussing the fact that it would be incredibly inconvenient for the Democrats yeah. who are running for president. Two of the top tier. Maybe I'm not mean-spirited enough. It hadn't occurred to me that Republicans would realize that and do it intentionally. <laughs> Two of the top yeah. tier won't be available. Yeah. Right. The only problem with that strategy to me is you want those two, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, you'd love either one of them to be the nominee. I would agree. So slowing them down so an Amy Klobuchar or Pete Buttigieg could get the nomination doesn't seem like a good strategy. Wow, you've just dismissed old Uncle Joe? Wouldn't he be the inheritor of those uh, votes? Probably not. Washington Post says private discussions are being held among GOP senators as Democrats hold their impeachment hearings in the House. God, the twists and turns of histories. How hilarious would that be that Elizabeth Warren, who would have been completely beatable, doesn't get the nomination because the Republicans drag her to D.C. to damage her. Right. And Trump runs against somebody who can beat him. I mean, that'd be a crazy twist and turn in history. Well, you know what I say? Come on, y'all, vote for Duvall. (laughs) Speaking speaking of the hearings, the first public hearing in the House impeachment inquiry provided a new detail. Ambassador Bill Taylor testifying he had been recently told by an aide who overheard President Trump on the phone discussing military aid to Ukraine and investigations with Ambassador William Sondland. 
Now, Republican Representative Jim Jordan jumped on the secondhand nature of Taylor's testimony. You didn't listen on President Trump's call and President Lindsey's call? I did not. You've never talked with Chief of Staff Mulvaney? I never did. You never met the president? That's correct. You had three meetings again with Zelensky and it didn't come up? And two of those they had never heard about as far as I know. And President there was Lindsay, no reason for and it. President Zelensky never made an announcement. This, this is what I can't believe. And you're their star witness. You're their first witness. Jim Jordan is the best weapon Republicans have. Yep. Steve Bannon talking about how he admires Nancy Pelosi's uh, political abilities. The best thing the Republicans have is Jim Jordan. He, which is interesting. His career path is so interesting. He was not. I knew he was a wrestler. He was a two-time national champion wrestler wow. in college. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty damned impressive, right? And is married to the girl he started dating when he was thirteen. Wow. Uh, and now has uh, been married forever and had grandkids and the whole thing. Right. And then did regular life and then went to law school and now he's the, refuses to wear suit jackets and yells at Democrats. I was going to say, the one thing you know about uh, really, really uh, great wrestlers, I mean real wrestling, not TV uh, wearing some sort of loincloth wrestling, <laughs> actual wrestling. How dare you? The one thing you know is that they're disciplined. They're incredibly disciplined. And so, yeah, he comes off as that sort of guy. He gets ready for right. his match. He, he he loses weight. He spits into a towel. He does some neck stretches. Hey, what towels spitting is called for? We spit in the towel. <laughs> so, listen, uh, I characterized yesterday's hearing as not much ado about nothing, but some ado about little. It, it was exactly what I told you it was going to be. It was digging up campaign dirt. Uh, it, it absolutely made the case of, in my mind, as a guy who would much rather have Trump in the office than a Democrat, it it proved the case of slap, sloppy and somewhat impulsive foreign policy at times that caused what would appear to be about a 10-day delay in aid getting to the Ukraine that was aid the Democrats would not give during the Obama years. And so a slight delay in a mildly uncomfortable period... Uh, over the course of, of 10 days. Sloppy and impulsive? Yeah, I kind of think it was that. So, vote the guy out. Vote for somebody else. You don't like it? Vote him out. The idea that this is this rises to the level of impeachment, and we ought to, for the first time in our history, toss a guy out because the Ukrainians had to wait 10 days for a brand new package of aid? That's just insane. It won't, and, and, by the way, it won't happen. Just what America needs, another Democrat has entered the race. Yes. Former Massachusetts governor. How is the number growing at this point? (laughs) It just keeps expanding. It's it's amazing. So it started at like close to 30, and then you got it whittled down to what, like 11? But now it's growing back. Now it's back up to like 14. Yes. And there are other credible rumors about credible candidates, including you-know-who, who might get in. But I'm going to blow your mind at the end of this. Okay. So it seems ridiculous. It seems hilarious that the Duvall's Patrick and the Hillary's Clinton and others are, are thinking of jumping in. And Oh, and Bloomberg. Sorry, you got Bloomberg. Right. Because we've been at this for so long. Now you're going to get in? It's still a year till the election. <laughs> There's more than enough time. Now, granted, Iowa caucuses are, are happening in a couple of months, but that ought to be about enough time. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Deval Patrick running for president, making the announcement in an online video. With a determination to build a better, more sustainable, more inclusive American dream for the next generation, I am today announcing my candidacy 
for president of the United States. For eighth grade class president? Zero percent chance with that voice. He does not exactly have the voice of the stirring orator, does he? No. And uh, then if the number on line 44 exceeds your annual income... Then you skip to line 47. I think he sounds like a kid. And and I, I'm going to make sure we get more jello at lunchtime. Who's going to take his place in the lollipop guild if he wins? Long recesses. Now you might think this is shallow analysis. Yes, I do. I don't think it is. I think it is. That's the way things work. The tallest person usually wins. Yeah. Um, you're not going to win with that voice. Is that good? No. Would we want to do we would have dismissed James Madison? For probably his height, and I'm guessing he didn't have great pipes either. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> but uh, that's where we are. That's you know, it's, it's ironic. We had that Richard Nixon quote about speaking softly enough that right. you can hear our words as well as our voices. Uh, Deval Patrick, by all estimations, is a, a reasonable, thoughtful, quiet fellow, which I don't think has a chance. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's an indictment of our time, but... Uh, hey, the 1800s called. They want their candidate back. <laughs> well, huh? wow, you got him there. That was a good tweet. He really got him there. Well, I tell you, he is, <laughs> he is not fooling around. Kanye West is going to be holding his now weekly Sunday service at Joel Osteen's Mega Church in Houston oh, this wow. Sunday. Wow. How many people will show up for Kanye? There are 45,000 tickets available. Well, uh, positive Sean Kanye. That, that, what does that mean? I'm going to have a concert tonight. Uh, a million tickets are available. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on. Positive Sean, you've been working the Kanye desk for quite some time. What's the over-under on how long this period of his life lasts? The I'm going to be a preacher in a mega church. Oh. Or even I'm super into Jesus, maybe. I don't know. He might change his mind on that. I'd say probably about a still eight to twelve months of it, I would I would think. It seems to be fairly early in the cycle. Yeah. So um, the over under is about eleven and a half months. Yeah, yeah. You say that? yeah okay. I, I place yeah. it about there. He seems to be huh. enjoying it. I think he's getting some some feedback that he likes from it and, and yeah. And he gets to go to Joel Olstein's church and sell forty five thousand tickets. There you go. Oh, they're free tickets. They're oh, free really? tickets. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh it's yeah. It's all about the merch. And they're expecting <laughs> Kanye an, Bibles. They're expecting an the overflow crowd. For this, cool. Yep. I'd anyway, go if I was in the area, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. Armstrong and Getty show the conscience of the nation. Jesus loves Jesus, emblazoned on the front of the Bible. You can buy for only fourteen ninety nine. Got this text. Jim Jordan sounds like he listens to podcasts at one and a half times speed. Yeah, I'll bet he does. Yeah, I'll bet he walks really fast through the hallway. I bet if you want to talk to him, you got to like run along. See, I think we can. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, to, he goes to New York delis and orders too fast for them. Yeah. Whoa, slow down, man. Uh, and, uh, and a certain amount of hatred on the text line for him. He is the kind of guy that if he's not on your side, you're absolutely going to hate him in the way that Nancy Pelosi's that way. No doubt. Sure. Um, he's combative. The people that score the most points tend to be that way. He's aggressive. He's, he's not looking for fairness and even handedness. He's there to litigate his side. And this text, what did Californians use for light before candles? Electricity. Yep. That's a good <laughs> meme that's going around. Oh, because, uh, yeah, no, I get yeah. it. I yeah, get it. yeah, because yeah. of the whole. Right. Yeah, because it gets windy. And yeah. somebody wanted to know what I washed down my lunch the other day with a big cup of shame. <laughs> I know oh, your right. lunch of shame. Walmart. Shame. Wal- shame. <laughs> I had Walmart. Shame. And this was all like on an impulse because I was hungry. I, I pulled into a Walmart I saw because I was starving. I had Walmart fried chicken. Who knows how long it had been sitting under the heat lamp. And then a got a cinnamon roll from the Circle 8. 
It's a kind of an off-brand convenience store. It's not Circle K. It's not, I mean, it's just kind of like it's its own. Right. I'm picturing not even like a, a washing of your greasy chicken finger hands before you go to pick up right. the new cinnamon roll. Shirt, clearly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, giving it like yeah. greasy right. money or your cards slipping out of your hand. Yeah. Right. My only criticism of what you did, why did you go to a place you had to walk into? Walmart doesn't have a chicken drive through yet, do they? No, I paid for the cinnamon roll at the Circle 8 convenience store with change I dug out of the ashtray. <laughs> The story just gets sadder. Can count it out, too. Wow. I'm kind of down on my luck. I need a cardboard sign. (laughs) Wow. This stuff about the Disney streaming service is pretty uh, interesting, and one of the reasons, according to this analysis, of why it's so hot is that nostalgia is the number one driving force in American culture, which is an interesting idea. What is that? And probably not good. (laughs) No. Uh, That on the way next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So many analysts thought, oh, by the way, we got a little uh, impeachment hearing thingy breakdown coming up next hour. A little bit of that. Break it down. Um, uh, A lot of analysts thought it would take Disney about a year to get to 10 million subscribers and that that would be a big win. They got that on day one of their Those analysts should be fired. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, who said that? I want to punch them. Well, they were basing it off the way Netflix ramped up. Netflix has 158 million subscribers now, but they started in 2007. Well, the world has changed. Nobody knew anything about subscribing to things like that then. Right. Now we all know exactly what that is. We get the product you category. Idiots. <laughs> idiots. Um, you can't, you can't, be, politics, business, you can't base anything off precedent anymore. The world has changed so much in so many ways about everything. Mm. The speed of everything is different. Just making predictions based on the past seems nutso to me. And yet they continue to put these people on cable news. But nobody watches it, so... So you got that. We're back to never mind. Uh, what, <laughs> what order do I want to do this? Oh, okay, start with that. Uh, 10 million people signed up, um, and then and, and that's pretty damned impressive. Um, I'll do that second. This from the Washington Post, uh, an analyst saying, the most powerful force in American culture right now is nostalgia which I'd never thought about, but that may be true. Looking at movies, clothes, cars, all kinds of different things. Normally I have little to no patience for nostalgia. I'm just not built that way. But given what you just said about how everything's changing so rapidly, we might need and it's it. so disconcerting, I kind of get it. We might all need it to keep from going crazy. Yeah. You have to be grounded in something. Yeah, there could be something deep within us that drives us to nostalgia. I don't know. And no one can sell viewers more nostalgia than Disney. The result may be comforting, reliable bundle for consumers, but Disney's very uh, dominion over old classics may make it more difficult for artists to create new ones. I don't know if that's a problem. I didn't know this. This I think you people are stupid to watch this. I watch nothing but experimental theater. 
Sometimes there's no dialogue, just grunts and flashing lights and that sort of thing. Not I even like, a set sometimes. I like to be challenged. Yeah, sometimes they just stop you on the street. They drag you into a room. <laughs> it's just happening. It's just I love being challenged. I like to be challenged by art. The yes. one thing I don't want out of art is to be challenged. <laughs> I don't have to put any effort in to enjoy your art. Have you listened to, to the Yoko Ono's Greatest Hits album I gave you yet? <laughs> it's been two years. I keep asking. The Walt Disney Company. <laughs> challenging. The Walt Disney Company has defined itself over the past 15 years by acquisitions of large swaths of America's pop cultural history. Did They they didn't know streaming was coming 15 years ago like this, uh, but maybe they saw nostalgia coming. I don't know. Well, one thing that they, they did is Disney had long had a monopoly on the young girls of America. Everybody wanted to be a Disney princess. With mm-hmm. the acquisition of Marvel and Star Wars, they solidified their, their attraction to young boys. Yeah, yeah, this list is pretty impressive. Nice that, analysis. After he became CEO... After he became CEO in 2004, Robert Iger engineered the purchase of Pixar. In 2009, Dizzy bought Marvel Entertainment, followed by Lucasfilm in 2012. And then their biggest takeover began in 2017 when they began to gobble up 21st Century Fox. That's quite the list of things that they've acquired. I was talking about this the other day. I should have read that list. They are an enormous conglomerate. Oh, my God. And it goes, that is a fraction of it right there. That's not the hospitality companies and the technology companies and the shipping companies and everything else that Disney owns. I knew they had a lot. I didn't realize they had all that. that. That's pretty amazing. And they're offering that up. Now, this does come with problems, though, Joe. Oh, no. Because some of these shows that Disney made way back in the day are culturally insensitive by today's standards. The problematic Native American characters in Peter Pan. The racist crows in Dumbo. The Siamese cat song in Lady and the Tramp. How should Disney deal with that? Well, they decided to put warnings on there rather than not have the shows on or edit out the scenes. I appreciate that. I think that's a reasonable way to do it. They slapped a warning on uh, some of the streaming content that reads, This program is presented as originally created. It may contain outdated cultural depictions. Um, According to this analyst, it appears Disney has simply decided to add the disclaimer to all of the service's early material in order to cover all their bases. That should be fine. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Right. Uh, Some Twitter users weren't happy with that. It's not outdated. It's racist. Okay. What? What? A, how stupid a phrase is that? I know. Some Twitter users weren't happy with everything. No kidding. Everything. Cancer has been a- cured. Oh, way to waste drugs on rich old people. Twitter is angry about everything all the time. Laziest, worst sort of journalism in the world. Twitter reacts to blah, blah, blah. Disney could simply shelve the material, but wiping it from history has the potential to make it appear that the wrong decision was never made in the first place. And if we don't embrace mistakes, we don't learn from them. That's some interesting spin. Right. I this mean, is what we're doing with Dumbo, and uh, we're, we're, we're learning from it. No, you're providing a cartoon that a lot of people are going to like, and that's, that's what you're doing. I don't think you're trying to teach the history lessons, really. Um, but noticeably missing, they took a couple of them. They did wipe completely out. And we got a text immediately, whatever day this debuted, Tuesday morning or whenever. <clears throat> they went on Disney right away to see if it was there. 1946's Song of the South. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with it. What's the problems with that? 
Uh, I just hear it's it's a very uh, early part of the 20th century racist depiction of black people in general, very minstrel showy. Okay, what do we have on that positive? Uh, it is based on a collection of stories, and it was adapted, but it takes place on a plantation. So I, I believe it's just a lot of the <laughs> the depictions, not necessarily the storylines. Okay. I'd like are to problematic. I'd like to see it. I really would like to see it. It's a period of American history after the end of the Civil War and the abolition of Be- slavery. Because plantations did exist, so I would like to see it. Anyway, uh, among other content not included, Commando Duck, a seven-minute propaganda cartoon Disney produced for the U.S. military during World oh, War II. Oh, man, I love those. That features racist depictions of Japanese. Uh, and then this one. Well, they were trying to kill us, and we were trying to kill kill them so unkind words are kind well i'm just not that concerned about it well they did kill a lot of us and, and likewise we, and we killed a lot of them right and they also disney, and rude things were said and disney is not showing 1981's devil and max devlin starring sexual offender bill cosby they've removed the bill cosby uh, movie and they took out the one episode of the simpsons in which michael jackson was featured oh hello homer why can't those exist and then we choose whether or not we want to watch them? Because Twitter will get angry. <laughs> Nobody wants an angry Some Twitter. imagined backlash? I don't know. It's I just happened to watch, finally, the Dave Chappelle show, uh, the new uh, comedy special, Sticks and Stones, and he is absolutely brilliant and interesting guy, but he, he talks about Jacko a fair amount. And uh, judging by what he said, yes, we can handle the fact that he made great music and then he was also a perv, most likely, and the rest of it. I don't I don't I don't feel the need to be protected against virtually anything. So this sort of thing always leaves me annoyed. Do I f- like Twitter? Do I feel like I'm promoting child abuse if I listen to Michael Jackson music? No. Or watch his Simpsons episode? No.